Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Talking Direction, the Drama League's podcast discussing the art and skill of directing, those directing the future for our audiences and artists, and the ideas that would create a more imaginative, diverse, and equitable field for all. I am Nylan, the Associate Artistic Director of the Drama League, and I'm your host today. So, folks, for this episode, we wanted to shine some light on the arts administrator who has played a significant role in bringing back the American theater at large, right? And what's important about uh, the conversation that we're going to have today is that there has been a load that has been carried by these workers from their normal jobs of fundraising and helping artists manifest and develop their ideas to how do you um, begin to show change? How do you um, move through trauma? How do you not allow trauma to be what uh, you carry in your job every day as you are hearing artists and their woes, right? Um, And so we've invited uh, an incredible artist who is working behind the scenes in a lot of this and also inside of the room with um, artists and designers every single day. Today's guest is Bold, Associate Artistic Director of WP Theater, Director and Choreographer, Rebecca Martinez. And some of this gifted artist credits include I Am My Own Wife at Long Wharf Theater, Mojada and Mejia in Los Angeles at Repertory Theater St. Louis, Miss You Like Hell at Baltimore Center Stage, and Anna in the Tropics at Fine Arts Center Colorado Springs, where she received the Henry Award for Outstanding Direction. She's a leader and advocate for the Soul Project Collective in the Latinx Theater Commons. She is the recipient of four Portland, Oregon Drammy Awards and the Lila Jewel Award for Women Artists. Rebecca is an artist with a Center for Performance and Civic Practice, where her work focuses on co-design, cross-disciplinary social civic practice engagement and invitation strategies. So without further ado, please welcome an incredible artist and my friend to Talking Direction, Hey, Rebecca. I'm so happy to be talking with you, Nyland. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too. A lot. A lot. Um, gosh, you've you've been um oh, oh, I'm gonna call it the hamster reel too. Like you're you're running an organization, you have brought a new human into this world. <laughs> and uh and and you're still working freelancing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Before that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I've been working at WP for over a year now. Mm -hmm. um, And but I started in July of 2020. So which was um, amazing to be able to get a job in a pandemic where, you know, everybody's work was was shut down. And so many people I knew were out of out of work and to have that opportunity. But it's also like really, really wild to enter into um, working at a theater where you can't meet people face to face and where all the work is done virtually and you're trying to put yourself into a very established um, culture and way of working and workflow mm-hmm. as well as being with a company who is trying to figure out how to do everything in an entirely new way. So, Absolutely. It was wild. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I mean, like July 2020, and I I don't know why that's triggering now. Anytime you say 2020, you're like, oh God. Yep. <laughs> um, 
Um, it used to be cool because that used to be like Barbara Waters, right? <laughs> um, but so July 2020, you enter into uh, uh, this new space. And I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the work on the ground was just, what do artists need now? Like, how do we, are they, do they have roofs over the head? Are they fed? <laughs> like, what can we do immediately? Yeah, it, it it definitely was that. It was like, what do we do? Because we were right in the middle of, of the WP lab process mm-hmm. of, of the interview. Like, we had just gone through some interviews, the applications. There was like you know, hundreds of applications that they had gone through a process and all that had gotten stopped. And, and while the, the company itself was trying to figure out what was happening and what was going on internally and how to just function and think about moving forward, which I mean, you know, the entire industry was, was in that place. And yeah. And so it was, first of all, how do we, how do we move forward with the thing? How do we invite people into, um, the lab, which, I mean, even though it's small numbers, it's at least here's a thing that we can offer. Here's a thing that we can do. And then we also looked at, at programming. And even though we couldn't do anything large scale in the theater like we've done before, we actually did more than WP has ever done because we did something every month. And um, mm-hmm. to at least like, okay, here's what we can offer. We can do this. We can help you with development. We can bring you in and do a reading. We can bring you in and, and you know, like if, if there's internal work that you want to do that you don't want to share anyone, we'll figure out a way to do it uh, virtually. So it really, really became about that. And then, you know, like how can we give at least we can't give big grants, but can we give micro grants out? Can we give, um, you know, something just just so that whatever resources that WP has can be shared with others. The other thing that, I mean, this is all stuff that, that like I was learning coming into, but then the other thing that, that, that I realized that they were very um, committed to was not furloughing anyone. It's mm-hmm. easy. Cause it's a very small staff. <laughs> like we're a very small staff. So, but that was another big thing of like, okay, how do we keep the folks who are part of, um, then running the administration of the theater actually employed with health insurance. So it was, it was big stuff. It was yes, big stuff yes. walking yeah. into. I wonder if you can, like, it's weird because I'm, I'm, I'm asking a lot of arts administrators uh, some these types of questions to have like a retrospect in the current day. But I wonder if you could see where you started and see where you are now. And and I wonder what has changed in the work. And I'm and I'm I'm wondering like what has been the effect of the knowledge you've collected from what artists need now, versus as we're trying to wake up again. I'm I, like I'll be honest. I I think uh, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was like, oh, this is what this is what uh, uh, going into the job felt completely different. I mean, it, to the point of just traveling outside of my house to the point of like what it is to work in a space again. Mm-hmm. And then we had artists come into the drama league and and I'm watching them go, oh, this is how I do the thing again, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, I wonder if you're noticing a change at WP or maybe with your own practice of of how you work now. Yeah, I mean, I have lots and lots of thoughts about that. I mean, one of them is just thinking about the responsibility of working in a predominantly white institution. 
Mm. And when uh, many of the artists that we bring in are artists of color and, and how to make sure that our work is like that we and, and as a staff and as a company are able to make a space that feels safe for folks. I think that is an ongoing practice and work that will just keep continuing. So I think that is, that is one that I think is number one on my mind. And um, we don't always succeed. We don't always succeed. And I think that another thing is we have all as artists, as an industry have gone through a lot of trauma and are still going through a lot of trauma. And what does that mean when we as, as individuals have come through something, our needs are different and some folks are able to articulate it and Mm. some folks are more comfortable staying in the past and staying with what feels comfortable. Like these are the routines I had. This is the work I really know. And this is what I want to hang on to because I know it so well. It's part of my DNA. And then there's another group of, of folks who I see where it's like, nope, we're done. We're done with that. And we are moving forward. And we, and, and so there's that tension of, of how do people evolve practices that they've held onto that is part of the DNA for many, many years for sometimes the bulk of their careers to make space for something that is different. Artists needs that are different and that changes how work looks. It changes how processes are hosted and I mean, it just changes how, how theater is made. Absolutely. And I guess I'm, uh, oh, sorry. No, go for it, go for it. <laughs> <One more>. and, <laughs> and like, okay, so Mark, you know, everyone has their March 12th story. Like, and mm-hmm. for us, um, I was at WP rehearsing a play by Brenna Turner. We were, um, we were matched together with Stephanie Rowland for our, our lab. We were going to do, the pipeline festival with this play we had two three days of rehearsal in the studio when the shutdown happened and we just i remember just telling the cast okay take your scripts home we don't know what tomorrow's gonna be and just a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of november we did another workshop with two of the same actors who were part of that march workshop Mm. and we read through this work again this was the first time any of us touched it. For some folks, this is their first time back in physical space. And I just had this moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling triggered. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> and I had mm-hmm. to name it. I was like, mm-hmm. I feel a little bit of trauma because this was literally the last thing I did in space. And now we're here again. And they were like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I feel the same way. You know, And there was this sort of like, this this ease and even though people are so eager to get back into space i have to like push back a little bit as a director sometimes and say we have to we have to let folks lead with their comfort level like for some folks when we're bringing people back into space this is their first time back and we've all gone through trauma and we all just have to slow down and just allow folks that opportunity to adjust as they need to adjust. And then we can, you know, like basically let whoever's the least comfortable guide us. Uh uh Sort of how I've been thinking. Yeah. So it's, it's just really interesting to, 
to think about like, how do we need to evolve? How do I need to evolve practice as a director who is facilitating a process as well as an institution? How do we need to, what is our responsibility in making sure that those spaces feel good and safe and nurturing? For over a century, the Drama League has been serving artists and audiences in the American theater with fierce dedication. As the landscape has evolved, we are too to meet our community in this important moment. Our programs, ranging from internationally renowned directing intensive workshops to fellowships and residencies to a globally recognized award celebration, are constantly adapting to meet the needs of creators and consumers of art and culture. Stay up to date by following us on all social media platforms and visiting dramaleague.org. Mm -hmm. There's so much that I actually want to unpack a little bit of what you just said. And, and I, I think I'll begin on, on your last note is leading with comfort. So I think trauma's rampant, right? And it's, and it's been rampant. Let me not even say it like it's a brand new thing. <laughs> it's trauma's rampant, right? Um, and I'm wondering, and I'm concerned. I will say that more than wondering. I'm concerned about like whose responsibility is it to heal? And I say this because we're artists, right? We make work for communities to face themselves usually or, or certain, or certain, people or, or or ideas to face themselves to try to bring conversations forth to heal right but we're the ones making it right now and i think uh i think the the phrase hurt people hurt people is <laughs> it's, it's beyond truthful lately <laughs> um and i just and i'm what i'm noticing and when in the conversations that are popping up everywhere is how i just think uh i'm watching uh uh, artists, artists, arts administrator, 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 uh, just human, human. Uh, and I think unconsciously um, inflict harm on each other right now. Um, and because of multiple things. One, I thought you said so beautifully, just admitting in the room that, look, I'm a little triggered. <laughs> this, this is the piece that ended. I don't know if I, I didn't even know I was going to get the piece back. Right. And I think that's, I think there's so uh, earnest and so uh, simple to be and, and, and generous to be that vulnerable. And then I'm, and, and then I'm noticing just how some people aren't acknowledging what it is to be back. I'm watching people try to like, I know how to do the thing. I just want to do the thing. And then I'm watching them do it. And then I'm watching, uh, uh, all these signs of trauma pop up, right? We're not even realizing that maybe we need to take a second and just acknowledge that we all were harmed, that we all were hurt. And this is beyond what like industry has done to us, right? Yeah. And I just wonder how, I think my question is, I wonder how we uh, uh, stay graceful with each other and generous. And I'm noticing at the Drama League uh, where the institution, because we feel we have to, take all the blame the industry okay. did this fine it's our fault yep everything yep our fault and we're willingly doing that we're really trying to not put fault on any of the artists we're helping or or supporting right because we understand the workload that that has on them but i also go where does it where does like all the stuff we're putting ourselves go and i'm noticing that it, like institution wise we're not I don't think we, none of us have taken the time to figure out what is the healing that needs to happen inside. And maybe this speaks to your institutional shifts that you're talking about, like people who don't want to do the new thing or, or maybe feeling apprehension about the new thing. But I'm, I'm wondering how do we move forward? I guess in these 
powerful circles that we're in, right? Because we're the ones granting the money. We're the ones facilitating or speaking first for the artist, right? Like, I'm just, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot there. I mean, I, I, I think about this a lot, just even as a director of like how to, how to, um, how to think about power mm-hmm. and to decentralize hierarchy when our entire industry is based on hierarchy and building hierarchical structures and um, like taking agency away from people. And, you know, like, and it's, it's, it is just, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And I mean, just thinking about how, yeah. And I, and what I think I want to support and, and really have our listeners here is this, that, this is this is the work right now. This is mm-hmm. what's hard, and I'm watching uh, all of us try to meet the moment, right? And what if we fail? And well, I'm not sure if there's room for that right now. Being a creative professional means we're always learning, and with the pandemic coming to an end, there's never been a better time for us to up our game. The Essentials is the Drama League's acclaimed series of online and in-person workshops that feature cutting-edge techniques to help you be ready for the changing realities of the arts in America. Hosted by award-winning thought leaders and experts, The Essentials offers one-of-a-kind sessions in text analysis, camera techniques, auditioning, and much more. You can participate directly in the hands-on workshops or simply observe via Zoom. Classes are filling up for 2021. So, learn more and sign up by visiting dramaleague.org slash essentials. That's dramaleague.org slash essentials. I mean, I'm not sure that there's room for failure, but I also am not sure that, like, I mean, failure is going to happen. Yeah, And and I I think about that a lot, and I think about, because I know I have been in spaces where I have created harm, where I've caused harm, and... Because, you know, like I was not fully aware of the space I was stepping into and the folks and the trauma that folks were bringing into that space. And I didn't have an open enough awareness for it. And so realizing that there were things that I was doing were causing harm for others. And Mm -hmm. I was like, "Uh, what do I do? I can't fix it. I can acknowledge it. And I can say here's the step I can take and please don't feel you need to educate me. I will educate myself and it's a process and I will continue educating myself and I will put myself in spaces where I can learn and um, not do that hopefully again, but I will do something else. And I think, you know, I'm thinking about that as an individual, but I'm also thinking about that like as an institution where um, when I stepped into this job, like I, I, you know, I think of myself as me, Rebecca Martinez, and I didn't realize that stepping into a job in an institution, there is perceived power on the outside from some folks, not everybody, you know, because people are like, we don't care. But, <laughs> but there is from some people, and I didn't realize it. And because of that, I also caused harm because I, I did not take enough care because I was like, oh, it's just me, without, without really understanding that when you step into an institution that has this, this much history, 
you also take on the history of the institution, whether you like it or not. You take oh, it on. I'm so glad you said that. And in oh god, I, I, one I, th- I think because there's so many new leaders on, uh, right yeah. now, and I'm happy about those new leaders, and a lot of them are are people of color. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. like I'm like a round of applause for that, and I'm also being a, a leader of color just so concerned with like can we handle this too <laughs> like, like it's this this uh mm. it's we can we can i agree if we have support with each other and if we have support from from those institutions like i have seen you know we we all know the stories of like leader of color coming in to a messed up situation where the white leader left in like glory and you know i don't know confetti cannons going off now i'm just making all this stuff up <laughs> and then a, and then <laughs> and then you have so you know they're riding off into the sunset leader of color comes in the the whole thing is a mess and then you have covid and then you have a shutdown and then you have these folks who are early early in their in their tenure at this location at this institution who are like working their asses off trying to save it yeah yeah and and basically are being called out for this and that and the other thing and change and move and you know, like for for who knows people don't like change even though they say they want it they don't like it and it's and it just is like how do we just you know gather around these folks and make a circle of protection for each other so that there is a soft place to land internally you know like like our, a little support group and and so that they can keep going out and fighting these you know these battles for these institutions like they didn't know they signed up for this Again, Nobody knew that's it. i think that's that's a lot of what i'm saying is that like i i think none of us realize we signed up for this i will i will say i didn't know i signed up for this Mm-mm. 2020 hit and i said what's my job now i'm a social worker <laughs> i was like okay okay i'm gonna figure this out and help there and then it's like oh I, I want to transition a little bit over to the room. I think we're all trying to figure out. I, everyone's rooms are going to be different, and they always uh-huh. have been, right? And I think I'm watching uh, this this uh, concern with artists, and I'm going to speak mainly primarily about the artists that come into the drama circle, of of because they're directors, right? And you could speak to this. They, I think they they feel an extra pressure to make the perfect room more than ever now. And I'm, and we're in a, I mean, like part of our, our, my job here is, is also a learning facility. I need you to fail, right? You're not going to make the perfect room. <laughs> you're just not because you, because you are still learning, right? And you're coming here because you don't have many opportunities to make a room. Um, and, and, but that doesn't take away the concern, right? The question that's still lingering and burning because no one wants to be called out. No one wants to be canceled. No one wants to be, no one wants to cause harm um what are you so maybe maybe to open up i wonder have you done anything different in the rooms you're starting to build now are you feeling the need to do anything different yes yes and i'm still continuing to evolve um because it is a process in every room i've been in i was like oh there's another learning wow i didn't think about that (laughs) and it's painful that sometimes we have to go through like hard situations in order to um get through but i think you know in order to learn a thing and build it and i think so 
so I've been in several, I, I, I intentionally took it easy this fall. And the one production that I, I had signed on to do actually got canceled because of Delta. So, no! okay, great. <laughs> so I'm like, I've been solely in a workshop space and which is fine because it's like, we were there for like a week, we're done and we're moving on, you know? So, so it's like a nice ease in to in-person. I don't have my first rehearsal rehearsal space until January when I go into uh-huh. to rehearsals mm-hmm. and for a show but every single space it's like oh yeah we need this space or oh yeah um we you know like a like a straight six for example we can't uh-huh. do 20 minute breaks in a straight six you can't no way possible. because to get work done. like <laughs> we do yeah but we do like okay we're gonna do a 30 minute break in the middle of the day, which is still not yes. that much, but uh-huh. it's like, we can't do less than 30. If people have to, can't eat in the space, they have to go outside. They have to, you know, check back in. And if they're going to get food and actually try to eat it, that that's gives them like five that's minutes left moment. to eat food. Yeah. That's a whole moment. <laughs> so it's like, okay, how can we have some grace about that? And then just, just, and still get done what we need to get done in, in really like kind of high pressure situations at some time. And then I think another one is just like, which is another learning that I had of, again, guiding with people's comfort levels of, of just, and this is all safety. Now I'm talking about safety. Like if someone's not feeling well, they don't need to be there Mm -hmm. at all. It doesn't matter if they have a COVID test. It doesn't matter if it's negative. Don't come. Don't come. We'll figure out another way. It's not that important at this moment. It's just not, you know? So it's like, how do I make sure that I'm facilitating that space? And then it is, okay, um, I don't know this theater company. I'm an artist of color. This theater company is a prominently white institution. What, and they're asking me some things that I don't feel comfortable with. What do I do? I'm like, great. Let me just, let me just be your liaison to this company let me figure some stuff out and then reassure you so i can put my foot down and say this stuff is not just don't you can't do it you cannot do it artists are are uh, more protective of their themselves because actors have been you know taken advantage of for so long mm-hmm. in many ways and particularly artists of color now everyone wants artists of color artists of color artists of color and BIPOC and black and indigenous, you know, like all this stuff for reasons that some of it is like, yes, hundred percent. We believe it and we believe where you're going from. And some of it I feel is box checking. Oh, absolutely. So, so it is, you know, it's a big variety that's just happening industry wide. So it's like, how do I also think about making those spaces, safe spaces? And then I was having a conversation with a, a mutual friend of ours. Um, I don't have permission to talk about this, so I won't, um, say their name, but where we had a space, we were together in a space and it was, we just said, we don't have the skills. We do not have the skills we need. We are artists and we are asked to, to do like restorative justice. Mm-hmm. And we, we're not trained in that. And so when we, when we come across moments of like, particularly racial trauma, Mm-hmm. we sometimes don't know what, often don't know what to do. 
and so that that's sort that. of like the biggest the biggest failing that I've been like I just ah oh, how can I build my skills and what are the skills I actually need and how can I not like put the pressure on myself to have a perfect room but to say like how do we build a space where folks feel comfortable to at least speak to someone even if it's not me because of perceived power and it's it's just been like oh I, I love that you're sharing this I love because because uh, I just feel like these are we're all having these conversations and I, and, and I think this is one of the quietest conversations we're having but it's rampant we're all having it and we're I think we're all uh, also really nervous about it and there's something I think I think I just want to lift hugely that uh, we don't have the skills to do this thing. And it's and it's because I think that I think that's what I'm trying to get to. I think it's on our backs right now to be the healer too, mm-hmm. to, to to and to be the one with the the answers. <laughs> um, and what what happens when you don't have them? Because I think all of this has happened really quickly, right? <laughs> it's 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 uh, it just feels like one thing after the other lately. Um, and I just wonder. I've been thinking about like, do we like how uh, how differently maybe uh, institutions budget wise need to spend their money on? Uh, it's weird because we have these big academia centers, right, always around us, right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these people we need there, but they're not like tethered to artistic communities in that way, um, or 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 they don't know they have purpose in those communities in that way. Um, and I'm wondering, like, how do we get them on staff? How do we, like, always have that around? Um, I also think, like, the the I'm watching the job of the dramaturg expand more than ever now. Uh-huh. Where I'm watching these people try to figure out, they're, they're, they're the first point of contact of going, okay, this is the human we can bring in to help uh, um, rebalance power in this room. Because this person can talk to this thing that we're trying to tell a story about. Um, and I'm watching that become their job. I'm watching dramaturgs talk about that, about mm-hmm. like, oh, I, it's not, it's not exactly research based, or, or um, how do I help prove this question that this director is asking in this piece, right? Yeah. Um, dramaturgs as cultural consultants as, as well. Cult- yeah, yeah. I've, I've had that experience too recently. Mm, tell me about it. Yeah, where it's, um, I mean, a couple of different situations where it's okay, we need to advocate for characters in the story and we need to bring in uh, artists who uh, culturally, who are uh, culturally connected to the, um, to those characters Mm -hmm. to, to basically come in and be their voices. And in some cases it's, oh, actually, um, you know, it's it's a writer who's often writing outside of their own cultural or racial experience, or um, and so it's like, how do we bring folks in who are going to help interrogate? And in some cases, it is um, looking at the story as a whole. In some cases, I've been in spaces, and this is pre this is pre pandemic too, so this is not new, but um, where a dramaturg is literally coming in to be a cultural consultant mm, and mm-hmm. and i just i i find that um 
interesting and intriguing. Yeah, it's a, it's a shift that's happening. It's a and and is it all right? <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I, like, is this okay I to put know. on your body <laughs> to yeah. do this thing? Uh, or do we need someone to come in specifically? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, I'm like, do we have the dramaturg who's helping with the story and advocate for the characters, and then do we have the person who can actually help to advocate for? Uh, you know, that specifically has the skills around, you know, a facilitation in conversations that have to do with race. Absolutely. I've, race and gender. And, and, you know. I wonder what you think about this, because I've been having these conversations with directors where I, I think uh, the, the stages of development are changing, hmm. um, which I also may think help, because <laughs> we know it's all, it's also rampant in this industry is the playwright director relationship and, this person does all this work for you and then they magically go away when you get to production, huh? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I'm, the, the stages of development, I think, are, are, are changing. The, which, which I, it's weird because as, as rehearsal time continues to minimize and we need to start pushing back against that. Um, but I, I think this, the, the, the taking a stage of development where it's only that, right? Where it's only talking about uh how do we validate the voices that we're trying to capture and tell a story about? How do we, and, and instead of on top of the multitudes of our work, right? Because we try to do everything in this uh, week or two week process that we may get, right? Mm-hmm. And what is it to, 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 for this industry, and I have to say as industry as a whole, for us to start waking up that maybe these are stages that we weren't, we're skipping or trying to condense and maybe we need to expand. And maybe that creates um, healthier rooms and, and, and more poignant um, and immediate stories. I'm also noticing, I don't know if you uh, are seeing this, but I we're talking it with the, the directors here at the Drama League um, and about like, I'm watching some, ca- I've been talking to some casting people about it also, about trying to figure out if uh, like an artist can do the work, right? Um, and I can speak to as an actor. I'm starting to realize that I, I how do you find out in the room or how do you even when going out for a part, if you're in the right space to do that work for that character, mm-hmm. right? Because I think we're also like blowing up our rooms a little bit of realizing more and not doing the check-in enough to realize, oh, I may be too traumatized to actually do this part right now mm-hmm. or to do the work it needs to tell this human story right now. And I'm watching us try to find that language right now. I'm watching... Um, which I think is really important because we're, we're, those plays are being produced. I'm watching from the plays we brought back from Passover, which has that language in it. It's like, how do you start to have this conversation to explain what's going on with these, these men on stage? Um, um, and, and it's about the pop-up in, in um, um, oh God, uh, Dominique's piece, Big Time, that's popped in my head. That's not coming to my brain. Um, skeleton crew. Yeah. yeah. Um, there we go. I was like, oh, that's going to come to me. <laughs> um, Thoughts of Color Man has it inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of those Broadway shows are coming back. I think we are watching it blow up in the visitor right now, the public, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I, and it's, and it's no one's fault, I'm realizing, or at least in terms of like, I'm not going to blame anybody for realizing in the moment, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. You know what? You have that right. <laughs> you do. Yeah. I won't ever knock that. But I'm also realizing uh, we don't check for it, right? We don't we don't even have that stuff to check in, to realize, is this the work not an audience should be receiving, but like work we are able to do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I just had that in a recent workshop that I did where um, one of the actors was talking about something that that she came back to after the shutdown. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I was not in the right headspace for it. I just wasn't. And the thing we were working on together actually, you know, and I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't even thought of that as as a thing until she brought it up to me. So that's mm-hmm. new learning for me. But of, um, you know, in her coming back to the, what we were working on, she was like, actually, this does feel good. This does feel right. But, you know, this it was something that we had worked on pre, pre, pre-shutdown. And that was, I don't know, like two years ago. And we're different people. We all went through a different journey. And so it's like, how do we return to work? But also, you know, I mean, I think about what, like what I personally am interested in (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's, it's not the same. I don't have the same patience for stuff. And, Mm -hmm. and there was one room that I was like, I need to be in that room. I have to be in this room. And all the other actors who were in that room were like, this, this room feels like healing because it feels like it is from us. It is of us and it's from us. And that to me was, was huge because I didn't realize how much I needed that until I was in that space Mm. with everybody else. And so it just makes me, you know, think about like, what are the spaces that feel like healing and what are the spaces that feel like (laughs) they're re-inviting trauma and what are the spaces that re-invite trauma that also feel like healing and then what are like the brand new spaces where we're just exploring something totally, totally different that allows us to escape. And, and, and we don't know it until we're in it. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing that I keep thinking about, especially when a lot of what the work that I'm asked to work on has a certain degree of trauma attached to it. And I, I've started thinking about like, what is this going to take for me personally to like investigate and push down this road and create this moment? And it means like I emotionally have, not in the same as an actor, but I have to emotionally go through that process too. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, I, can I just do comedies? <laughs> <laughs> we need comedies back though, by the way. I was like, where, where are the... I need, I need the, I need the funny now. <laughs> yeah. Bring it. Um, I was like, when I was like, chicken biscuits are closing. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, can we, can it stay silly? Can we just have something? <laughs> Enjoying today's episode? We hope you'll join the community of artists and arts lovers behind it by becoming a member of the Drama League. For over a hundred years, the Drama League has been supporting the entertainment industry and the incredible artist at the center of it. When you become a member, you'll receive unparalleled access to the entire theater scene, members-only events, insider news, and ticket discounts. And your membership directly makes it possible for the next generation of artists to learn, grow, and succeed. And they've never needed your help more than now. So to join us, please visit dramaleague.org slash membership. That's dramaleague.org slash membership. And from all of us, thanks for joining. I wonder, uh, 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 one, I'm curious about this show in January. So what's that? <laughs> it is Somewhere Over the Border by Brian Quijada. It's a new musical. 
Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Both at Syracuse Stage and Jiva Theater. Oh, come on. Yeah. I'm yeah. with this. Oh, well, that's I'm close really... too. Don't, yeah. don't make me take a trip. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it, I love it so much. It is, um, it's basically, it's a very personal story to Brian because it's sort of like the, the story of his mother's crossing from El Salvador. And, um, but mixed with the Wizard of Oz. So, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. so, I mean, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't expect that. It's weird because when we bring up those type of stories, I'm thinking very realism, right? I'm thinking extreme realism. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. And it's it, like, you know, I love his musical style and it's got such like a different feel to it. It and you know, I back in the day when I used to sing in the bands, um, it, it has like a band feel and like a Latin band feel here on the stage. It's a small conjunto, it's a small cast, and it it just and the other thing, so sort of the joy of like coming back in space together is that we can now do musical projects, which we couldn't do before <laughs> in any kind of satisfaction. Don't way. sing on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. It's like people singing together in harmony and there's musicians right there and we're like crying because yeah. it's happening. Oh, so, I'm so excited for that. So excited. There's so much joy because Teatro Vista is also doing um uh, it's sort of like a rolling world premiere and so i was in chicago in a room where they were doing a workshop production or i mean just a, just like a concert reading like actual music concert you know go, going through it with an audience and in chicago which is such i love chicago i love chicago and um and and it was and i just like literally flew in for the day flew out that night but it was incredible and i was like oh I love this so much and I love how the story is, even though, you know, there is trauma attached to it for sure. Um, that it's also told in a way that isn't like, this is what we want you to dwell on. We want you to know, we want you to know the price. We want you to know, but at the same time, we want, we want some fun. Absolutely. And trauma is going to be a part of every story. You know, hardships happen. <laughs> I mean, this is the yeah. way we grow. But mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't have to be the 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 end all be all for sure. For sure. I'm super excited for that. I wonder. OK, so wait a minute, let's do something fun. So uh, tell me, you know, at, at this moment, um, put you on a spot, <laughs> whoever you bring up. I'm going to say Rebecca was thinking about you. Who are you itching to collaborate with? That you haven't already. That I haven't already. Um, in terms of just anybody. Anybody, anybody, and maybe maybe we're making magic right now. Maybe we're you know sending into the universe. All of a sudden, that person is going to call you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, this is the worst because then I'm like, oh, my mind goes blank, and then as soon as we hang up, I'm gonna be like, here's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, so this is this, I, I'm really drawn to music and I'm drawn to um, like story cycles and creating music uh, and 
figuring out like the way. So there's an artist, there's an artist in Portland, Oregon, Edna Vasquez, who is a tremendous, tremendous mariachi musician and singer songwriter in her own right. And I keep thinking, when do I get fancy enough so I can write something with her? Because she's, you know, she's on tour with Pink Martini and she's just, she's like a tremendous artist. So that is someone who I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to be in that space. Okay. Okay. We've uh, been so retrospective today. Uh, I wonder if you would take a second and just think about what advice would you give your younger self? I think the advice I'd always give my younger self is don't be afraid. Stop being, stop living in fear. Mm-hmm. Take more risks, both artistically and in life. And I think this is cycling back to, to my like, I don't know what I want to work with. Um, but don't judge your own value based on other people's journeys. I look, we can end with that. That's a gift. That's a that's a word. <laughs> a word we should hear quite often. Um Rebecca. I I don't know if a thank you is enough. Thank you so much for this conversation. This is one of the most uh, earnest and, and vulnerable conversations uh, we've had on the podcast. And I just know that it's going to definitely influence and help a lot of people. Um, I hope you have a lovely day. Um, if you all uh, don't know what's happening at WP, you should definitely hop on their website. We love that organization. Um, and until next time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for listening to Talking Direction. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing while you're here. Also, let us know what you think. You can follow us on all social media platforms with the handle at Drama League. Talking Direction is a program of the Drama League of New York, America's only nonprofit home for directors and the audiences they inspire, offering essential services and resources to artists in their time of need. Please join us in this effort by visiting dramaleague.org and click donate. Or better yet, be a part by becoming a member. Thanks for listening. 